0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Equipcast. My name is Jim Jansen, and I am your host. And I've got a great conversation for you today. I sit down with Jill Ruskamp, and Jill tells a story of, well, really what the Lord had done in her life to begin to offer her more, specifically in how she could deal with the times when she would lose peace, when she would find herself rattled, not an uncommon experience for those of us who are trying to live the spiritual life. Uh, Jill shares an amazing practice called The Development of a Personal Manifesto, uh, a a sheet where she collects moments of inspiration, scripture, words from God, uh, key memories that while she teaches you how to find peace, not just in retrospect, but right in the middle of suffering. She talks about how It's a tool for evangelization, where as we learn our story more deeply, we develop a respect for others' story, Um, really just a fantastic foundation for drawing close to the Lord in discouragement, frustration, and really a beautiful evangelization tool. You're going to love today's conversation. Take a listen. Welcome to the Equipcast for the Archdiocese of Omaha, designed to help leaders to transform their cultures. To embody the pastoral vision, to be one church, encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, and living mercy. Jill Russkamp, welcome to the Equipcast. How are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you.
0: Okay. So, Jill, we met, we were just, as we were talking before we hit record here, we met through a couple of common friends, right? Shout out to Teresa Gunya and to Kelly Faltis and, and a couple others. They connected. Us together around the mentorship program, a number of folks right that have been trained for evangelization, and you were able to do this amazing workshop uh, for the group there. But so we don't get like too far ahead of ourselves. Give everybody a little intro. Intro, um, right? You're a listener to the Equipcast, so you know what I'm going to ask. Tell us a little bit about your faith journey. When did you first encounter Jesus?
1: Well, I was uh, raised Lutheran, and Went to church um, all my, you know, growing up years, but I would say that my faith really took off when I started praying for an increase in faith. My husband Mm -hmm. at the time, and I had, you know, life had been a little bit hard and I was inspired by other people in their faith. And I started in my awkward way of praying for a stronger faith. And I received a letter from our priest inviting me to join the Catholic Church through the RCIA program.
0: Wow. And you didn't see that coming. That was not like the natural progression of other things.
1: No, no, I was I was very surprised. And um, RCIA met on Thursday night, which was my husband's day off. And I'm like, oh, Thursday, that's never going to work. And when I told him about it, he's like, oh, my gosh, yes. I'll go, yeah, that's great. That sounds good. And he went with me, and we didn't find out till, like a long time later that they generally don't let spouses come along. But praise God, wow. it was an immense time of faith growing for both of us. And I mean, it just hasn't stopped since then. Now, things got very difficult because um, Jim passed away. A year after I joined the church, I joined wow. in the Easter vigil of 1999, and our fourth child was born in November of that year, and when she was six months old, the following April, he um, died suddenly mm. of a heart attack, and he was young. It was, it was a shock, as you could imagine, but my faith had started in the church. I was so grateful that God had brought me to that place of faith. I was prepared to raise my kids in the Catholic church and
0: yeah,
1: I've never stopped looking, yeah. growing, wanting more.
0: Wow. Now that's God. I mean, I don't even, I, I struggle to respond to that because that's, I mean, that's beautiful and just the the timing and the, the challenge of it just for, again, for context now, Give, us, give people a little bit of picture about kind of like your day job as a wife and, and mother and your family now, because that sets us up really well as we start to talk about this uh, practice that you've, you've developed with the manifesto.
1: Well, um, yeah, I remarried and um, Randy and I had two more daughters and I always kept thinking I was going to be going back to work. Well, there have been a lot of health concerns of the details don't necessarily matter, you know, in relation to this, other than it kept me home and it was scary and praise God it's behind us now. And, um, yeah, things are better. And I'm still home though, because it Mm -hmm. just seems like this is where God has called me to be. I never intended to stay home way back when I was going to work. And then when I started staying home with the kids, there was always, Oh, I'll go back here and go back there. And here I am still at home.
0: Yeah. And you found, I mean, this is, you know, tell me if I'm off base here, but you kind of found a boy, ample ground for training in faith and uh, the sharing of your faith just as a wife and a a mother that there, there wasn't a need for us, you know, for a separate place of work or a, a training ground that, I think you can see the Lord. Again, you mentioned, you know, illness. You can see the Lord continuing to develop your faith in your journey right where you're at.
1: Oh, hundred percent. I have felt like my life is a retreat. I mean, I haven't had, I never had the opportunities for many retreats and I, Uh I think they're wonderful and obviously they have their place. I've been on two, I suppose, but, um, Somebody once said to me, oh gosh, it's just, it's like that high you get after you've been on a retreat. And I was like, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) And I just feel like my life has offered those opportunities and I'm grateful for that.
0: That's a great segue because I think oftentimes, whether it be a retreat or something like many of us can relate to this moment. We're like, okay, God is good and he's real. But oftentimes, we also have these moments where we're like, oh, he feels very far away, and I feel very alone, and I'm kind of discouraged and, and, and over, overwhelmed. I mean, you know, that type of, the you know, the names for it, discouragement, desolation, uh, those are just kind of a fact of the spiritual life. Can you share a little bit about your, just as we set the table here for the conversation, your own experiences with discouragement and how it led you to the creation of this uh You know, practice of of making a a manifesto.
1: Well, I realized I was walking with God and usually had his peace. But any little thing to a big thing could still take that peace away from me. Yeah. And it could take anywhere from hours to days of prayer to find it again. And I and I knew what to do. I knew to pray. But there, back in 2020, it was at the beginning of the year, I started making some notes that I wanted to make a manifesto. And it was because I felt like God was offering me more, Mm. more than, okay, you got to pray back to the peace because, and and I call it being rattled because-
0: That's a good word for it.
1: It could be anything from being irritated with a person or being irritated with myself to. A really scary thing, like waiting on a, a biopsy, a diagnosis. Yeah, um, And I just felt like he was offering me more. And I have found out that he was indeed.
0: <laughs> so just, I mean, this is like, just to, so people kind of have an idea. Manifesto, I mean... I have to be honest, my uh, my my visceral association with that word, I kind of think about the Unabomber. And this is not at all. <laughs> this is a spiritual, personal. Just give people an idea here. And then we can kind of uh, come back to our main thread. But just an idea of like the physical description of this end product that the Lord kind of led you to.
1: Well, mine and my husband's are both one page. It's an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. The mm-hmm. uh, there are statements on it. I think maybe I have like, I don't know, 10 to 12 statements on mine and he has about the same with a few photos mm-hmm. and, uh, they're just dispersed out on the page. So it kind of looks like a little poster. Yeah. And, um, maybe a page of a magazine, yeah. something on that order. So visually, it's attractive to us because the photos are something that we would connect with. Mine are photos of flowers that I've grown and took pictures of. And his include um, like a grain field. He was farming. Mm -hmm. Um, He's left farming now, but um, he grew up as a farmer. And a picture of him and some wheat. Yeah. And these are all, and I've been
0: through, I actually have my manifesto right here rattling it for, yes. for people. Right. But I've got like, yeah, pictures, some scripture quotes, other there's actually like a movie quote in there, a number of things where the Lord has spoken to me or shown up. And those little symbols, again, pictures, quotes, whatever, those carry like a, just a world of meaning. There's a story behind each one of those. Uh, right. And Putting those together on a page that I just keep folded up in my journal that I that I come back to, it's become this amazing tool for me to fight discouragement and desolation. So Jill, talk about how this began to develop. Because I have to, I know it's like such a guy way to think about this, but I'm like, this is awesome. She found a really efficient way, right? The efficiency emphasis to like (laughs) get out of discouragement faster. Talk about how did this develop? How did the Lord show this to you?
1: I started making some notes that I wanted to come up with a a manifesto, something to shore myself up with. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what do I believe? How do I know him? Why do I know him? Why do, you know, where have I encountered him? And so I just went through past um, journals, past notes, just memories, and started taking notes on that. And the ones that, were really poignant, Develop them more to mm-hmm. the point of, okay, what was I feeling? What happened? What was this spiritual action? What did I take? Why did I get consolation at that moment? Mm-hmm. And turned it into a statement that I could repeat that action again. Mm.
0: So just to give people an idea, when do you find yourself using the manifesto?
1: Gosh, all kinds of times. You know, you get some kind of news, of something bad going on maybe. And if you, you just get like, Oh gosh, you know, you're just too upset. That kind of thing. Most recently, um, even being like trying to find where God is acting in my life. I find that I can start spinning my wheels and be like, Oh, what course of action does he want me to take? And I'm trying, and I am thinking so hard And I had not identified that particular time and emotion as being desolation or rattled. And just recently, I've realized, oh, 100% take that to the manifesto because that is not peace. I am without God's peace. And that's kind of where I defined um, this being rattled is when I am without God's peace. Right. Some of us are thinking, right. It's like,
0: okay, so when do you use a manifesto? So pretty much every day, every hour of the day. I mean, (laughs) many of us, it depends on our temperaments, but many of us are like, oh my gosh, like if we're aware enough and we don't let just our phones and food and other things kind of distract us and fill the void, boy, it's so easy to lose God's peace uh, moment by moment when anything discouraging or frustrating or annoying anytime, you know, we make a mistake. This is a place you can run to, to kind of
1: reground yourself. Right. And I really, I really see it as that place, a place to run to it becomes a place like spiritually. It's like, this is my safe place. And um, I think I shared a story that one of the times that I used it was when my feelings had been hurt and yeah. Share that story. I, had, I love yeah, it. I had this, like I, my feelings have been hurt by somebody and I was going to call them. That was what I was going to do. I was going to explain to them, you know, cause I was pretty sure they did not intend to hurt my feelings. I was mm-hmm. almost sure. So I thought, well, I'm going to call them and I'm going to explain to them why I felt the way I did. And then, you know, they would be sorry that this had happened and then I'd feel better. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I came to realize I didn't know that that was the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. But what I did know. Was to take it to my manifesto. Because I was definitely without peace. I was not happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's what I did. I went and I prayed with it. For a long time. And I was sad. And my husband came down to me. And he's like. How's it going? (laughs) And I'm like. Well. I'm still sad. (laughs) But. How it turned out. Was that it gave me these good, holy, spiritual things to do. Mm-hmm. By the next day, my emotions were 100% healed. Mm-hmm. Not just like I had worked to rise above it. I hadn't like, oh, forgive them. I was healed of my emotions. I wasn't upset anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I got a text and I, it confirmed that this person had not intended to hurt my feelings. And the thing is, is that this is a good holy place where you can suffer with Jesus also. And now this was a mild suffering in the scheme of life. But these are the kinds of things that happen to us. And we blow them off as, oh, that's not suffering. That's just, you know, your feelings were just hurt. But it could have caused a rift had I called this person. Yeah. But I knew what to do instead. I went and I suffered with Jesus. I shared my sadness with holy actions in holy places that he has shown me. And by the next day, such a good outcome. In fact, gratitude that the situation was the way it was. Mm-hmm. And that could have only come from encountering him yeah, and his grace.
0: Jill, what I love about this is as you tell that story, I may think it's deceptively profound. I mean, it is perfectly reasonable and generally a good right human relations practice to like oh there's i've got this disagreement or this you know hurt with someone i'm going to go talk to them i mean that's a, that's a very good reasonable thing to do and yet you recognize but i'm definitely not at peace and i wonder what the lord has to say about this mm-hmm. and you have this tool that you developed where you can connect with the lord Deeply and quickly be kind of restored in who you are and what he has in mind for you. And all and then you find yourself, again, not that it was a bad idea for you to go, you know, connect with this person, but he had something better. Uh, I mean, it's really I right. love I love that at so many levels. And I mean, since since we're since I've already kind of like <laughs> interrupted your story, I love the. I just love your acknowledgement that the suffering, although I'm presuming there was no blood involved, it was real and it was fruitful. I think we sometimes, you know, I just recently had a, a very beautiful experience on a retreat where I I the Lord very kindly showed me, you know, some things that I was uh carrying, sufferings that would be from a, you know, from a uh maybe you could say from an objective standpoint, little, no blood involved. And yet uh the Lord kind of showed me, it's like, yeah, but that's That's how my mom participated, right? You know, Mary. Mary didn't have any external scars. It was her suffering in her heart and her unity with with her son that literally helped save the world. Um, And this is a place for us where we where we don't have to kind of stuff or hide our discouragement, our sadness, our frustration. It's a place where we can run to the Lord with that um, in a way that, again, I'm such a guy, but. It's efficient. Like you connect deeply yeah. and quickly uh, on it.
1: Well, and and also like when you're upset about something like that, or any any of your times of desolation, and if you're thinking about a particular situation, you start praying for an outcome, right? So we mm-hmm. know we know to turn to God, right? But what do we right. do? We're praying for an outcome. And we tell and him that how to outcome, fix it. <laughs> right? Right. We're praying for A, B, or C, maybe. Yeah. And of course we know he probably has d or e yeah jesus i give you
0: two options you can say this yeah. way or this way <laughs> just by the but end this, of the day
1: <laughs> this thwarts that waiting for an outcome to come back to your peace even if you know that his outcome might be different you're still waiting right oh, like that's good this situation yeah well the that you're praying for an outcome and that's where you think the peace will come is when you know the outcome of a situation yeah, once or it's, when it's fixed
0: once it's done. Right.
1: And that he offers us more than that. He wants to be with us in this time of unknowing. He wants to be with us in this suffering, this sadness, desolation, whatever it is, whatever this moment is where you don't have his peace. He wants to show you something new or show you his presence, I should say. Jill, tell us a little
0: bit more about the process of developing a personal manifesto.
1: So a person would want to take time to go back and just start taking notes on times where, you know, God acted in your life, you Mm -hmm. know, whether it was a hard time and you know, his consolations, or maybe it was just a wonderful joy, joyful time, Mm -hmm. Um, gratitude things you're grateful for where you feel his presence. And then Just really try to tease out the feelings, the thoughts, the spiritual actions, if you will, um, of what happened at that time and the the whole story of it. You know, why was it big?
0: A lot of this seems like it's an act of remembering times where you felt and knew the Lord's
1: closeness in a very particular way. Right, right. And it's scriptural that God wants us to remember these times, you know, we're so, the world is always the next thing. We're just scrolling and scrolling. This is stopping that. It's stopping the next thing. And it's going back and looking to the back, to the past, you know, where has he been with you and, and teasing out more of the story Then,
0: Yeah. I love how you said, I mean, you know, the nerd in me, you know, amateur scripture scholar, Uh, And kind of like, you know, church historian, like this is every, almost every kind of biblical speech that starts, does a fair amount of remember, remember when we were slaves, and you remember when the Lord came to us, and you remember how, and again, and again, and again, all of the great stories and speeches in scripture uh, begin with a, do you remember uh, so yeah. like, it, this is like, yeah, this is deep stuff, very solidly rooted. And again, the other nerd in me, this is, this is very much in line with the teachings of St. Ignatius, um, you know, uh, Ignatian spirituality, uh, which many of, you know, if you have a Jesuit background, uh, a connection there or a connection with the Institute for Priestly Formation in Omaha, they're really a really big deal and, and are part of the, the country, Saint Ignatius coaches people through, you know, he has these rules for discernment. And that when we're in desolation, when we're in that discouragement, he he says, okay, you you need to insist more on prayer and on meditation. And that's really what this is. They're very specific meditations to draw us back to those places where we've seen the Lord at work. Uh, So this is like deep stuff.
1: It's basically a plan. It's your plan where to go when you're in desolation, when you're upset. It's the plan. It's like, because whenever you're upset, you think, well, now what do I do? You know? Yeah. This is what you know. I know this. I know what to do. I go to my manifesto. I go to these places.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like, like, oh, you don't just have to wait for the weather to pass. (laughs) You can with the Lord's help you can, you can, you know, help him pierce through the clouds. Jill, talk about, because you said it's a plan. I love that. Talk about how it's a plan. You you mentioned these spiritual actions, build that out a little bit more for people to kind of recognize this, like, okay, what do I do when I find myself in this circumstances?
1: Well, when you go back to to the times where, you know, that God was with you in a particular way, you're going to look at you know, what, what happened spiritually? Was Hmm. I hoping? Did I have faith? Did I trust? Did I share? Did I receive? Did I reject? You know, what happened internally, spiritually? And then you're going to state that as a statement that is empowering that you can do again.
0: Okay. So can you give us an example?
1: Yeah, like one of mine is, I know that he trusts me too. Now, I could have this memory of, and I don't need to go into the stories of it, but knowing that God trusts me, I could have that memory maybe written down. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that's nice. But when I'm upset and and it's going to ring true and help me, I'm not going to have time to page through wherever I wrote it down. And there's a difference between seeing a recollection or remembering something Mm -hmm. and also then in a difference between just seeing it and remembering it to then taking an action. So it's not just, oh, yeah, he trusts me. It's I know. I know that he trusts me, too. Or I will sing a new song. And it internally, it shores me up because it's a self-discipline. I am saying, yeah. yes, I know this is my response to these troubling things or this particular disposition of myself that I should sing a new song, but it's like, I will, I will sing a new song. And that's one of my really powerful statements on my manifesto.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's almost like I hear like the verb is really what all of it, uh, with many of these statements kind of pivot on. Um, I mean, I think about my own, I, I kind of use a little bit of Psalm 37, which uh, the verse that I'm looking at verse four begins with commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. And there's a couple of verse verbs in there that I'm really leaning on that it's the commit and the trust. And then verse five, he will bring forth your vindication as the light. And it's the reminder to like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Oh, I'm supposed to commit. I'm supposed to trust. Uh, And those verbs guide me. I mean, you know, in in that time of confusion and frustration, they tell me what to do.
1: Because if you look in those times of confusion or frustration, you are taking some type of spiritual action that's most likely pulling you away from God usually not that grumbling one. yeah yeah oh. grumbling stop. stop you're too close to home Dis- <laughs> yeah yeah despairing i mean there's a whole list of all the things that draw us away from god of spiritual yeah. actions too and that's what you want to become aware of is- right i'm
0: grumbling i'm despairing i'm looking down fixing it myself oh yeah okay joe i'm getting uncomfortable <laughs> This is so, this is so, yeah, this is so good. I mean, it opens up, I think, a world that all of us live in with varying degrees of self awareness, you know, and we live in a world that is so easy. It's so easy for us to distract ourselves and to simply kind of wait for it to pass. And when it does pass, it's not simply because circumstances change, but it's often because we finally have come around to trusting again. Or to committing again or to whatever, you know, fill in the verb of choice. Um, mm-hmm. and we can do that sooner if we can remind ourselves to like, oh yeah, yeah, trust, commit, et cetera, right. et cetera. So having gone through the workshop where you kind of teach people to, to develop this, you talked about there's variations of this uh that are some designed to help shore us up. You know, when we've lost our peace, when we're in discouragement, when we're, I love the way you use the word, rattled. There's also a variation of this focused on evangelization um, that became a very powerful tool for your husband in particular. I remember the story you shared. Can you share a little bit of that story?
1: Yeah. I mean, the whole tool itself can be used for evangelization or it just naturally lends itself to evangelization. And in a number of ways, well, in, in one way, I actually came up with a separate manifesto that was my evangelization manifesto. And that's like very useful. So that's one thing that a person could do. But the other thing is in your personal, your personal manifesto, which is what that workshop was about. Mm -hmm. You take something that's very internal and personal and powerful because it was this experience with God and you make it external by placing it as a statement out on a piece of paper. Yeah. And it becomes so much less personal, but yet easier to share because it's become external. And I love that in in the highlights, there's so many, like, even though like so many of your statements are going to come from scripture based on scripture, even though they don't have to be because scriptural truths are in everything in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. secular songs, uh, children's books are some that are on ours, um, but there's scriptural truth in them. But OK, so my husband had a friend who he was kind of sharing this with. And it's hard to describe as we're attempting to do here on this podcast what this is all about. And so he gave him a copy, the physical copies of his and mine. And then one time he was talking to this friend, he called him and he was like, he was angry about something. And he was trying to work through this anger. And my husband, the friend, the friend was trying to work through this anger. And my husband was able to say, hmm, do you have a copy of those manifestos near you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, what? start reading off of one of those. Look at those. And he picked up my husband's, I think it was. And he, I think the first one he read was, I can't go over it. I can't go under it. I have to go through it. And he says, oh, oh, that's good. And he read another one. I will begin again. Oh, yeah, that's good. (laughs) And here it was my, our manifestos, I think it was my husband's in particular, spoke scriptural truth without my husband saying anything. Yeah. Helped bring him peace and consolation and, and, uh, call And they weren't even his statements, but they were full of scriptural truth. And it just, it was an easy way to communicate hard truths.
0: Yeah. Jill, I love that. I think oftentimes we, we struggle to share our faith because very understandably at a certain level, what we have experienced in our own encounters with the Lord are a little bit beyond words, or at least not easy to encapsulate in words. Uh, and especially for those of us you know, who maybe aren't more uh, naturally expressive or effusive. And so the, the discipline to say, I'm just going to kind of reflect on my story. And I'm going to take a few highlights and pull them together for my own encouragement, ends up having this residual benefit in that, oh, what the Lord has done for me is kind of on the tip of my tongue, or at least right uh, close at hand in this written manifesto. And it's this kind of foundation for sharing a little bit of our own story, uh, a witness Mm -hmm. of what the Lord has done in our lives.
1: Yeah. And, and just by taking that time to develop your own story, which is what it essentially is, is it's your conversion story. Yeah. But some, I mean, of course you're not going to include everything that's happened on one mm-hmm. sheet of paper, but just some highlights, some really big ones. Um, it's putting your conversion story into the simple format. And by the time you have spent the time developing it, You're even more familiar with what God has done for you. And there's more. And that's the thing of when you go back to the sheet, you're like, well, yeah, that was, you know, 10 years ago. You go back to that statement. God's going to open that door and he's going to show you that again or more because there's always more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a a gratitude that keeps unfolding for something that the Lord might have done in the past, but still uh, is still unfolding and still bearing fruit to say nothing of all the new things he's done.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And you can edit this. You can keep adding to
0: it, of course. Yeah. This is on paper, not in stone. Okay. Jill, I have to, I have to put you on the spot a little bit because when you shared a little bit of your, uh, that, that story where your husband is sharing his manifesto, I know you were quoting a children's book and I love the story you shared. Um, it's a powerful story of actually how uh, the Lord used that um, really at a you know in a at a pretty uh, profound moment uh, for both you and your husband um, to to give you a sense of peace. Would you mind sharing that?
1: Yes we are, our youngest two daughters both had at really abnormal seizures it was It was a longer deal. It went on for years. and after one of the Very very long seizures. We were in the emergency room. The seizure was over, and um, she was laying there still sedated a little bit. We had to wait. They'd given her a shot of antibiotic, and you always have to wait a certain amount of time to find make sure they're not going to have an allergic reaction to that. Mm -hmm. So we're waiting for that, and we're waiting for the sedation for her to wake up a little bit too, because that's the other thing before we could take her back home. And the emergency room was was pretty quiet that night. And it was late and we were exhausted. I mean, this had been going on a long time and you always kept hoping it was over with. And I, my husband's leaning up against the wall on one of the, in a chair up against the wall and on one side of the room and I'm about on the other side. And I look over at him and our eyes meet. And in this exhaustion, he says, I can't go over it. I can't go under it I have to go through it and that came from going on a bear hunt a children's book that we mm-hmm. had read over and over to the girls that was we're going on a bear hunt we're going to catch a big one and oh no a big field of mud you know and it says we can't go over it we can't go under it we have to go through it yeah. squelch squirch, squelch squirch. and Throughout the whole book, they keep meeting obstacles and they have to go through them. And they're all difficult with the descriptive words, like through a forest, stumble trip, stumble trip. And, you know, who'd have thought how prophetic that book was? Because the the truth that night, why, why, why we came back to that? Because we felt God's presence when he said that. And he quoted that book. Yeah. And it wasn't because, oh yeah, now everything's great. The stress was still there. The suffering was happening, but we knew his peace in the middle of it, because the truth is a scriptural truth that was mm-hmm. in that book is that he suffers with us and you can't get around it. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You have to go through it. Yeah. And so that's on his manifesto, but it could easily be on mine.
0: Yeah. I love that story. I mean, it, I mean, it's so, you know, I think most of our listeners know I have children. And so children's stories, I know I don't know how many times, like I'm hearing something, I'm reading to the kids at a different level, you know, and the Lord is is using it for instruction or for uh, in encouragement, but it's 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 profound, not just because of it, but just, yeah, it's like, yeah, he, he's there with us in the middle of it. And both the, the truth of that and just the how fun it is that the Lord likes to use these ordinary things to let us know. He's like, hey, I'm still here. Um, really beautiful.
1: Well, and that's the thing of when you develop your manifesto, the other way that it helps in evangelization is that if you share any of the stories off of it. Like you're giving people permission to look at those as encounters with God. You know, yes. you might just say, yes. oh yeah, isn't that kid's book neat? Yeah, that's cool. No, it's more than that. It's it's profound. Yeah, it's scriptural. I mean, and there's so many things in the secular world that if you if you look at your internal reaction to them and you keep looking at it, you're going to see something deeper. And this gives you a place to develop it. And it gives you permission to share it. Mm-hmm. And it, and by doing so, you're going to spark the story and spark the Holy Spirit in somebody else. And that's yeah. where I think it really gets to be a, a an evangelization tool is simply by learning to recognize where the Holy Spirit has been working in your life.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: and I'll I'll
0: add something. There's an unspoken assumption that some of us maybe, well, there's an unspoken truth that if I can, I want to make it explicit because it's so clear from some of the stories you shared. And that is the Lord knows what he's doing when he connects us with someone to share a bit of our story. You know, it's like he doesn't need the profound words that there is something about what he has done for us, in us, through us, what he's still doing for us. There's something about our story that is exactly what someone else needs. And he's like, no, 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 no. There's a reason why I'm sending Jill and not Father or St. Thomas Aquinas or somebody. He's like, because there's something about what I've done for you that rhymes with what I'm about to do for them. And, and, and when we remember what the Lord has done for us, and we let that be at the top of our minds and hearts in gratitude, that's all we need to do to prepare ourselves. And he'll take care of the matchmaking, uh, all of that, getting us in touch with the right people.
1: Jumping off of that is so like you've developed your story and if he brings somebody to you and you have that chance, you understand that he's writing their story. Already. Yeah. And I think yes. our hearts are going to be different that we're not just trying to pour information into a person as we try to be a mission disciple. Instead mm-hmm. of like, oh, we have this chance to encounter somebody, we don't need to just pour the information into them about the church or God. But as you share with God and how God has worked in your life, you also recognize that. He is working in their life and they just need the sparks to recognize it, or perhaps the permission to yeah. recognize where he's been working in their life. Right. Because if he's, like yeah. you said, if he's brought you together, he's working. He's already worked in their life.
0: Yeah. And it's, a, it, it's an our awareness of our own story and how he's worked in our life and in the ordinary circumstances of our life that maybe allow us like that we come with just a little bit of faith, like, no. I know he's doing something in their life. I don't claim to know what God's doing in your life. I just claim that he's doing something. And my just my faith that he is at work might just be enough to help them begin to see where he is at work.
1: Right. And I feel like I developed my manifesto that brought my heart to that place. Yeah. Because my story, oh you just you treasure it so much. You treasure those places, which is why you're willing to put the time into it and want to go back to it. And then you recognize, well, he's writing everybody's story, and and how they're going to treasure their story. We don't have to do anything other than share.
0: Yeah, uh, Jill, this is this is great. If somebody's listening here and they're like, okay, they want to begin developing a personal manifesto. Wait, like, where do they begin?
1: I think um, one of the big things is that you do have to journal. Wouldn't you agree that journaling and writing is pretty key?
0: Yeah. If you, if you have a freak of nature memory and maybe, maybe, but yeah, I, I would say, I don't know how you can not attend to like writing down and and capturing what the Lord has done so that you can return to it and let him deepen it so yeah I, I would agree I think that's a first start
1: yeah, yeah so I think if you're if not already doing that I think that needs to be a practice mm-hmm. um and then the other thing is to start paying attention to the spiritual actions you know how do you respond to a situation what internally is happening are you despairing are you loving do you have hope is it faith or is it You know the things that are drawing you away from God, or is it things drawing you to God? So just be more aware of your response to the good things and to the 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 rough things.
0: Yeah. So one, boom, start to start to journal a little bit. Even if it doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be cool, leather bound. Just any spiral notebook. Capture some of what the Lord is doing in your prayer and in your life. And, and then pay attention to the verbs. (laughs) Like, what am I doing? Am I grumbling or am I seeking, you know, am I, uh, am I despairing or am I trusting and start to notice the verbs so that you can return to the helpful verbs (laughs) in the future. Yeah,
1: Yeah. And, and trust that your encounters are more than just a nice thing. Like if something stirs something within you, yeah, take note of it. Trust that that is God showing you something more, even if it's in something secular.
0: Yeah. a kid's book. Okay. Jill, we first met when you led a group of people through the creation of a manifesto, we did it kind of workshop style. If this is piqued of interest, you know, uh, for, a group of people somebody's like oh my gosh i i want to i want to learn more i want to maybe there's a there's a, a gathering of friends maybe a small group that i'm part of that would love to do this how can people get a hold of you
1: email i suppose okay j j r r u s k a m p at msn.com
0: okay one more time
1: j r r r u s K-A-M-P at MSN.com.
0: Okay. Jill, thank you. Thanks for sharing this. Thank you for the the stories and um again the the workshop. I've got my personal manifesto here. And um yeah, it's a it's a regular thing for me. And it it really um it dramatically changes my ability to recenter, to find peace again and to be to like, oh yeah to remember that, that spiritual action I'm supposed to take. Committing, trusting, remembering, et cetera. So thank you, Jill. Thank you. All right, everybody. If you know somebody who needs to hear this, uh, somebody who would, uh, really benefit from this, uh, go ahead and share this out and, uh, reach out to Jill and she'll, uh, find a time to kind of walk you through, uh, the long version process of creating a manifesto.